another episode of Standing Eight. I'm Paul Fitzgerald. I'm joined by my co-host, three-time world champion and boxing hall of famer Jeff Finney. Great to be here, Paul. And the voice of Australian boxing, Ben Damon. G'day, Paul. Good to be here, mates. Um, our guest today is Troy Coward. Troy, um, great to have you along with us. Um, now, for a bit of background on on who you are, you're an Australian actor. Um, you've had a, a yep. lot of roles, really successful um, lifetime in that industry. But uh, you've got a fascinating story to tell. I guess for some background on why you're here, um, how do you know Jeff? Jeez, I've known Jeff for 14 years, 15 years. Well, we met in Perth a long time ago, but one of the reasons why that I really wanted to do this, Ben yeah. and Paul, is that I've seen this huge story on the current affair and it was it was a crazy story. And all of a sudden, the more I'm delving into it and looking and listening, and then I hear Troy Coward, who a friend of mine who I knew and I, just the story doesn't sit well with me. It's, um, mm. it's an Aussie who's worked his backside off, you know, um, here and abroad and um, accumulated enough money to buy a property and he rents his property out and um, yeah. the rest will be uh, the story to tell tonight. But it's it's crazy. I just think that he needs help. I mean, um, wow, you know, um, the circumstance that we're going to hear today are, are quite unbelievable and I think that every Aussie out there is going to be, um, you know, supporting you, Troy. I mean, I know we've already had millions of people that have viewed you on sixty on um, a current affair and on Facebook and Instagram, but I think hopefully after the podcast something will get done and you'll um, we'll find justice for you. Yeah, look, I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, it's good. Um, well, take us back to 2013. Uh, what was going on in your life and uh, how did this all begin? Life was good, uh, su- successful business, doing a bit of property development and acting was kicking off and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, yeah, I'd leased a property to someone and it ended up getting subleased from him to someone else. And then, unfortunately, I couldn't get the bloke out of the place <coughs> and it's just everything turned pretty south pretty quick. And, uh, unfortunately, after months of trying to get him out of the place, um, we basically ended up... Uh, going there, knocking on the door, and uh, someone else answered the door, and um, yeah, it was just a right nightmare. Uh, that guy ended up being the guy that murdered and chopped up this bloke, and uh, uh, unfortunately, that was in your property. Yeah, so yeah, I'd basically had it leased to him, and and after it being subleased, um, yeah, it was just property in East Perth in the city. Um, mm. Yeah, it just all went pear-shaped, really. So the fellow subleasing it was Stephen Cookson. Mm. Um, and as it turned out, he was well, brutally murdered and chopped up in the apartment. Um, yeah. And surveillance footage later showed that. Um, it, it became a pretty big story, um, that murder, because of how the body turned up as well in, in Perth. Yeah, it did. Uh, it was one of the most terrific murder cases, I guess, in WA history. Um, but, yeah, he's... He got chopped up into six pieces and his head was found, I think, by an 11-year-old girl at Rottnest Island. And uh, I think that was the only reason why the police were managing to to find out that it was Stephen Cookson. He'd apparently had his two front teeth knocked out from a horse. He was into horse gambling or something. Mm. Um, And they traced it back to the property and they'd had CCTV footage of him going in the place with Aaron Carlino, which was the guy who murdered him. And but didn't have him coming out. So just talk us through that for a second. So you were trying to get Stephen Cookson out of the property. Yeah. You've turned up at the property that day to get the keys yep. off Stephen Cookson. Yeah. And there was a group of guys there, mm. which, which turned out to be Aaron Carlino, one of the murderers. And they were actually taking out 
you know, garbage bags with Stephen Cookson's body in it, unbeknownst to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so about six weeks prior, I'd had conversations with Stephen. He'd owed me thousands of dollars rent and everything. Um, I went and confronted him about it um, and I'd messaged the guy that I'd originally leased it to. He then showed Stephen Cookson these text messages saying, you've got to get this guy out of the place. Uh, he rang me, threatening to shoot me and all sorts of crazy stuff. Tell us what he said to you, Jim. <laughs> yeah, he threatened to shoot me and rape me and all sorts of crazy stuff. And um, and so then I had no idea, you know, who this guy really truly was. Um, and basically, um, so it was a pretty tense few weeks in lead up. Um, a couple of weeks had gone past and he rang me back and uh, said, look, you know, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to move out of the property. I said, look, I just I don't care about the money. I just want you to move out so I can sell the property and I renovate it and uh, and get rid of it. So I'd gone there to – we'd organised a day and a time to go there and I went there to collect keys, knocked on the door, some other bloke answered but spoke through the door and basically just said um, – I said, look, it's Troy. I'm the landlord. I'm here to collect the keys. He said, look, uh, I'm – uh, I'm, he didn't tell me his name. He, he said, oh, look, I'm just one of Stephen's mates here. To, I'm just cleaning up the place for him. I said, well, where's Stephen? And he goes, oh, I don't know. I haven't heard from him in weeks. And um, basically he said, look, come back in two hours. Um, don't make it a bigger deal than it needs to be. And I actually had a real estate mate of mine there with me and to value the place. And I said to him, look, what do we do? And he goes, oh, well, you don't want to kick in your own door. He said, just, let's just go. We'll come back. And um, so we left, we came back and and as we walked up, there was a couple of guys walking out from the apartment covered in tats and whatnot and um, carrying bags and my keys were actually in the door. So as I walked up, I grabbed my keys out of the door and um, and then Aaron Colino was he was in the in the property and um, I said to him, look, you know, where's Stephen and he owes me rent and blah, blah, blah. And, and he said, look, uh, I don't know, yeah, haven't haven't spoke to him in a few weeks. I'm just here to clean up. They grabbed everything, left. They were cleaning up, all right. Yeah. So he was he was Stephen Cookson's flatmate. Yeah. In the property. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was, uh, yeah, Stephen had then got another tenant in, which was Aaron. Um, they'd had some financial dealings, whatever they had going on between them. Apparently in the media it's coming out that he'd apparently stood over Aaron and ripped him off for So how long thousand. after did they find the body? Yeah, so I, I then went on and renovated the place. So, I'd, so you got your keys back and you want to renovate? Yeah, I, I stayed there till midnight um, cleaning up, vacuuming, whatever, and then um, – uh, And there was no sign of any – drama when you were cleaning up or was there? There, there, there wasn't. Um, there were, it's the last thing that you expect, <laughs> you know, like. There's no there's no pools of blood. No, nah, the there wasn't. Yeah. No, nah, there, there was a, a hole in the porcelain tiles in the kitchen and I remember thinking how the hell do you get a, a hole in the porcelain tile? I thought, you know, normally it'll crack being porcelain um, and there was a grinder mark in the bathroom but I, it's the last thing you think of. Oh, right. Yeah. But there, I had a. Uh, silver crisscross ceiling, not white, but silver. And um, later on down the track when the police and everything went through and I came back after a 10-week investigation, there was all little hundreds of little stickers on the ceiling and that was little blood splatters 
like tiny minute things you don't see until you to look the naked really eye close. Yeah. Nah. And it's the last thing that I was thinking. I just thought, you know, I'd done the property development thing for a number of years and I just thought another shit tenant, unfortunately. Yeah. It was a lot worse than that. Right. So you got back in, um, cleaned up and then renovated and it was a significant renovation that you did. Yeah. 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 We ripped up all the carpet <clears throat> and put all flooring down. Um, when I look back, like we even, because it was a older established building, um, the flooring wasn't perfectly flat. So we had, you know, 14 grand's worth of polished bamboo but we had to get the flooring actually diamond ground. So to looking back, I think, shit, it looked real bad because it was – we're diamond grinding all of the actual residual possible – Wait a minute. You say mm. it looked really bad. What, what, what you're trying to say is that it was like the police thought you were trying to – Cover it up. Hide the evidence. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, that, and so that eventually did transpire that they revealed um, that you had been the primary suspect. yeah. Um, so how long after all this did the police come back and, and speak to you? Uh, so basically, sorry, Jeff, to answer your question, um, about I moved in 16th of December and within two weeks the head was found at Rotnest. I'd oh. renovated. My plan was renovate for Christmas, have family and everyone come around for a Christmas party. Um, and then a week after that, after the head was found at Rotnest, had no correlation. It was to do with anything to do with Stephen Cookson. And then a week after that, I had nine cops knock on the door. Right. Part of the forensic investigation. They said it was a missing persons. We're here to investigate a missing persons. Um, so I got grilled and my workers got grilled and, and everything. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I, I'd already done the, the renovation and all that sort of stuff and yeah, blinds and paint and all sorts of stuff. So cleaned up the murder site, unfortunately, without bloody knowing, yeah. Right. And they didn't reveal at that point that you were a suspect? No. That was no. Like anecdotally later, was it? Or yeah, it was, yeah. They they basically said, look, um, we're now to missing persons. We're going to confiscate the unit. They gave me the clothes on my back, my wallet and shoes. That was it. Um, so that's it. You couldn't you couldn't take any other belongings. No, they wouldn't allow me to. No, nah. I walked out like met with them at the front door, and I was like, "Is this candid camera? Like, what's what's this about?" You know, they said it was a missing persons, and they wouldn't allow me to even re-enter the property until I put these slipper things on my feet, um, and uh, and a head net. So um, then I went and had interviews and did the video interview and that with the police and. Um, explained whatever it was that they wanted to know and, uh, yeah, basically stayed at the hotel for a number of weeks. They couldn't give me an estimation of how long I would be out of the home for um, and then I did that for a number of weeks and I'd just spent, you know, 50-odd grand at the property and at other properties I'd spent money on. So financially it just sort of strapped me in that process, yeah. At that point, did you know that Stephen Cookson – had been murdered. Did they reveal that to you or was it still a missing persons? It was a missing persons up until that night and then it was like all over the media. I had Channel 7, 10, everyone ringing me, wanting interviews and and I was just blown away by it. Um, a mate of mine rang me and said, mate, your <coughs> apartment's on the news and that's how I found out. And So was Stephen by the sounds of it? Yeah. I don't know who went to. I said he was blown away too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just laugh your head off. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, what was the what were your interactions with 
with the police and with everyone else involved during that period. While you're living in a hotel, it's costing you all this money and you don't know what's going on, um, it would have been quite tense, I would have thought. Mate, I, it, it messed with my head. Like I'd, you know, I'd cleaned up the murder site. I'd, he'd owed me thousands of dollars. He'd threatened my life. Mm. Um, it doesn't look any worse. Yeah. So I genuinely thought I was being set up for it and that's what messed with my head about the whole process the most. Um, like right. when I first got interviewed, um, I said to the cop, I said, hey, how long have you been a cop? And he goes, 35 years. I said, great, they've got the right guy for the job because I can tell you now, like I'm not stupid, I know how this looks, but I've got nothing to do with any of it. Um, and they went through the process and it wasn't until after a 10-week investigation I went and met with them and they walked me through the crime scene and showed me what the hole in the porcelain tile was and the, the mark on the tiles in the bathroom, the grinder mark was. And mm. um, Well, tell us, what were they? Well, yeah, the, the bullet hole was the, the hole oh, in the thought. actual porcelain yeah. tile. The grinder mark was where they'd – Aaron had dragged him into the bathroom and cut him up with a grinder basically yeah. and flushed stuff down the toilet and um, – yeah, so there was all like amino black and luminol, these crystal violet, these chemicals that convert colours um, from, say, grey to black or whatever it is mm. when it's contaminated with blood. Mm. And so they walked through me through that process and said, look, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that this is what's transpired in the apartment. Uh, and, yeah, all in the bathroom was just all converted colour to what had actually transpired there. So why during that period when they knew they'd seen the CCTV footage, did they still leave you high and dry, as it were? Why didn't they fill you in as to what was happening and, and, and stop the process, which went on to then leave you with a ruined property? I don't know. You'd have to ask them, mate. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think they've, I guess they've got their asking, process. Yeah. Like I, I hit them up numerous times, like when am I going to get my property back? You know, yeah. I'm, the bank still want their money um, on the property and then yeah. to give it – you give them the keys back and the place is completely destroyed. When you destroyed. got your property back, what was the state of it? Ugh, just completely destroyed the whole what place. What happened to you and your, and your, and your friend when you, when you were living in the property? Yeah. So when I got it back, they had um, this skirting around the flooring that was all ripped up, the plumbing was pulled out, um, air vents pulled out, um, black ink over all the carpets, the white bed, like leather – um, appliances, everything, everything was just covered. The walls were coated in everything in was black. Yeah, it was completely destroyed. Um, they'd done. They assured me they were going to do a forensic cleanup, and they said, "Look, you're going to get it back to how it was." They did that. Took another two weeks. They called me back to the apartment. I walked through it again. I said, "Mate, the, the place looks similar to how it was." Mm. I said, "Look, I know, I know, Troy, but um, you know, we're going to get it." Back to how it was. It's, we're just going to have to get him to come back. So they did. They apparently they told me that they had a second clean done. Years later, I found out that was bullshit. It didn't end up uh, happening. So they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to do a thorough <coughs> investigation. They're using everything at their disposal to try and you know um, investigate. Yeah. This murder, but during that process, they totally destroyed. Yeah, your property. Yeah, and it, the, the 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 duty of care. This is what rolls me up about it. There was absolutely zero duty of care about the whole process. And the last thing I wanted to do, you know, years ago is be in front of the media or get on Australian telly. You know, I've worked 20-odd years in the film industry to build a brand and the last thing I wanted that is to be dragged through and people Google Troy Coward Rotness murder case or, or have anything to do with the murder case. 
so it, yeah, it's it's just it's extremely frustrating the duty of care aspect where yeah. Troy, they didn't just ruin your property, they like, just about really destroyed your life and and your health as well. So what happened to you and your friend from the uh, the, the toxins that they cleaned you or apparently had cleaned and checked out to to see what was what in your in, in your unit? Yeah. Um, so you, even just on that, Jeff, the the unit was destroyed. But even saying earlier, like all out around in the public area was black ink dripped all around the walkway as well. Um, so when after two cleans and I got the keys back and they said, you're going to have to go through legally and here's a business card to the lawyer to use. Um, I went through that process, even used their referral, um, which turned out to be a nightmare. But I ended up after a year, it took a year to save up and whatever and re-renovate. Um, in that process, I moved in and I got a housemate to move in with me um, and he was coughing up blood. Um, I had blood in like places blokes shouldn't have blood and uh, eye irritation and rashes and all sorts of stuff going on. From what? From the chemicals. So the chemicals, they're, they're all, as it turns out on the MSDS report, um, which we got knocked back three times to actually gain access to, and it took a private investigator to actually gain us the access to this MSDS report. Um, they're all carcinogenics and, um, and funnily enough, the eye irritation, um, lung irritation, all these, there's five points there, it coincides exactly to the symptoms of what me and my housemate were going through. When did you realise that it's from the, the chemicals that they've, they've used during the investigation? The penny dropped when Marco, my housemate, was like, mate, I'm going through this stuff as well. And he he actually went and seen a doctor and the the conversation went like this. He said, um, mate, I've gone and seen the doctor. I've been coughing up blood. He showed me a photo of him, the, the blood in the in the toilet. And and uh, he said, look, I've spoken to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, look, are you exposed to any harmful chemicals? And... He's a, he was a, working in the storeroom as a tiler um, and so he wasn't exposed to any chemicals uh, but he questioned me about it. He said, what were the chemicals used in this property? And so then it made me think and so I rang up the chem centre, I rang up the forensic cleaner who did the job and he said, please tell me you're not living in the place. He goes, well, you can't live in it. It's toxic, mate. I've done 144 cleans. He goes, yours was the worst clean that I've ever come across. Like the, the, the most in-depth forensic investigation in all my years of doing it, he goes, you can't be living in the place, mate. It's toxic to your health. And I said, well, I'm going through this. My housemate's going through this. He goes, you need to ring up the chem centre and get this toxic, uh, toxicology report. I did that. They said, look, you're not a cop. We can't give it to you. And they hung up on me, literally. Uh, a week later, I rang back and said, look, um, hoping I'm talking to someone else or something. They said, oh, yeah, is that Mr Coward? Yeah, no worries. Um, we can sort that out for you. Instead, I got eight missed calls from the major crime squad. No MSDS report got, came through, but I got eight missed calls from major crime wanting an urgent meeting. Oh, who do you got some issues, health issues? I met with them. I spoke to the lawyer, met with them. We walked through um, basically what had gone on and, and everything. Um, they assured me, they said, look, we've got a toxicologist here. Um, as part of the, you know, police union or whatnot. Um, the chemicals aren't harmful, I can assure you that, blah, blah, blah. They said, look, we've actually got a, a written out um, signed document to cover all the flooring at about 20-odd grand. 
I said, well, shit, that would have been handy, you know, two and a half years ago. Because mm. I got told I couldn't actually lodge anything um, until the guy had been charged. Right. So that's what took that that window of two and a half years. So when he did get charged, we, the lawyers, and I actually we got it lodged and then it ended up getting rejected on the basis that it wasn't done in malice. They said it, it, it was part of their standard job Um yeah, we've destroyed the place, but unfortunately, oh, crazy. yeah, unfortunately, you know, it was part of our our job, um, and yeah, you know, Ben, that's why that's why I want this story just to be heard and told because I think how crazy is that? that I mean, anybody, whether it be me, you, you, you worked all your your life just to do something, and mm. I mean, we we throw taxpayers' money away much cheaper than than helping somebody that deserves it. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I, I, I really, I, I, it doesn't sit well with me and even speaking to Troy today, it doesn't sit well with me today and hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully something will happen in, in yeah. the too distant future because it, something has to happen, something has, something's got to be done. This is this is terrible. Yeah. Um, mm. Worth pointing out that the fellow's flatmate's doing 20-something years for the murder. Yeah. Um, so yeah. obviously you, um, they found you were not a suspect yeah. any further at that point. Um, but... What, what is the extent of your health um, dramas out of this? Have you had further tests? Do you know exactly how bad things are or you, you still aren't sure? Yeah, look, I've gone through the quite the health and wellness wagon and I've been very mind conscious on that and I just did a three-week detox up in uh, Brisbane. I ended up having uh, surgery on my eye. Um, so I had a growth cut out of that. Um but I had high estradiol levels and stuff with the lump in my chest and just I feel like, yeah, this the more um, stuff comes up, it's like I don't know if I'm paranoid about it, but it just yeah. knowing the extent of how the chemicals can affect How that, long were you living in, in the apartment afterwards? Um, quite a while. Probably a yeah, maybe a year, year and a half. So that's a significant period obviously and, and you've, it's had – Significant effects. Um, go back into the the finances of things. How did how did things finish up with the apartment? Yeah, look, um, the purpose of wanting to renovate and sell was I knew there was a downturn in the market. I owned a couple of properties in Perth, and um, basically from the the police destroying the property and devaluing it, um, plus it was then stigmatised. It ended up. Uh, yeah, that doesn't help. No, and it, it ended up, I got, it was valued at, I think, 549000 It ended up, I got 149000 come off my loan and oh. when it got sold. And get this, this is a kicker. It got, it had 250 inquiries because I rang the real estate and pretending I was just, you know, someone looked interested in buying it. They go, oh, this is a deal of a century. Honestly, it's so cheap, this property. And, yeah, it's got a bit of a history, but I had no idea he was talking to the owner. And um, went to auction 250 inquiries and how did it get sold for so cheap? And it got sold to a real estate agent. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, what even concerns me more is obviously your, your physical health, but how's your mental health? Yeah, look, um, I think I've definitely turned a corner. Um, it's been a while now. Yeah, it's going on, coming up to eight years. But look, you know, I've... I, Point there, you know, my darkest times for sure, yeah. you know, I, I went through, you know, 
quite successful, I like to think. I worked my ass off for many, many years and um, tried building a bit of a nest egg for my future family and and everything. And um, and then, you know, five months or so after this murder investigation, I had a successful building company, roofing business. That got shut down, a bunch of staff, everything. I, I ended up giving the keys back on a couple of properties to the bank and, um, yeah, it, it, pretty pride-swallowing, I think, as, as blokes – Generally, you know, we we um, our self worth is what we've got. You know, maybe it's a bit ego driven or whatnot, but um, you know, as a provider or looking after your partner, or, so when you you work so much to gain so much, and then it's mm. gone from. You haven't found a law firm or somebody that would come on board and do something. You know, like if if they're successful, because I I, I can't believe this can't be a successful. Win at court, you've done nothing yeah. wrong. So, so where are we at, Troy? Eight years down the track, there's still no... No, no settlement, no, no, nothing, nothing. nothing. Yeah. So this is the kicker. The, the cops give me a business card to a law, a law firm. Um, I'd use that law firm uh, to when we lodged the first and then it got knocked back. I'd had eight um, police officers, OIC from Major Crime, Chris Benson, um, all the way up apparently to one below Carla Callahan, the, the commissioner of police. Um, they're all in agreement. Everyone was yep, yep, yep. And then we lodged it, went through, jumped through all the hoops. I lodged it and it got knocked back, wasn't done in malice. Um, and it was just starting again. Um, it wasn't done in malice, but they, they ruined your house. Aren't they supposed to pay for it? Well, yeah, what about victims of crime? There's, the thing is that this is what shits me the most about the whole thing. This injustice happens, then they expect me to then go and fork out this next bill was 150000 they expect me to pay. In legals? In legals um, to fight for yeah. for the, my property being destroyed, let alone all the other stuff, the ripple effect of losing business and everything else. Um, so, yeah, now now after the last of current affairs story aired, had millions of hits and everything, uh, we just found out through the private investigator that the, the lawyer had then, once it aired, he dropped the case. Um, he told me it would be 150k to keep fighting it. Why did he drop the case? <laughs> we found out that his wife is high up in the police force. Um, how much overall do you think it's cost you this? Oh, financially. Uh, um, if I work, if we work out what my business was doing and everything else and that ripple effect of properties. Um, let's, let's forget about the business, just, just your property and stuff. I mean, I'm, I mean, yeah. oh, this and that. And sure. I, know, yeah. I know it all accumulates and it's, it's all about yeah. But just, just your building and how, how much did, they, you know, did it cost you? Well, I, I paid off both properties for one eight years, one for 12 years and ended up giving the keys back to the bank. Um, foreclosed? Foreclosed. Um, you know, uh, that property alone, I mean, I've still got a $400,000 bill just on East Perth um, that the banks st still want their money for. Um, Are you still paying that loan? Well, I've got to, got to a point where you can't yeah. get blood out of a stone, so it's, right. it's, it's very pride-swallowing to sit here and right. say this sort of stuff, but, yeah. So it's sent you broke, this whole thing? Unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah oh, it's, wow. it's been a... Been a uh, very pride swallowing. You know what I'd like yeah, to say? Anybody who's watching it, just imagine this being your son who you know has worked all their life and, to, and proudly and, and, you know, just 
put yourself in this position. This, this guy needs help and we, we need to support him. We need to, to get something done. What's the next step for you then? Um, look, firstly, I'll, thanks, Jeff. I, I really appreciate that, mate. Um, the next step, I guess, um, just chin down, keep squeaking. I'm a bit of a stubborn bastard and I don't want to roll over for this whole injustice. So, um, you know, I'll keep fighting until I can't fight anymore. But um, ideally, I'm, I'm hoping now sort of airing the laundry out on all this that I, I, I hope Australia gets beyond and supports us um, with it and... Uh, I've got a, a lawyer that's sort of putting stuff together in Perth, um, but hoping that we get a someone like Malcolm McCusker or a, a big lawyer that takes it on uh, pro bono um, and, and and get get I guess compensation for it. Yeah, you want some justice? Yeah, it's cost me well over a million bucks. It's it's cost it's cost me everything. Unfortunately, it's, it's yeah, being price swollen mm. definitely. Uh, yeah, it's an incredible yeah. story. Um, you, you've managed to, well, at least take some positives out of it. I know that you're working in the mental health space. Um, you've got your own foundation. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, look, um, I think that's the, the blessing that's come out of a tough time, I guess. Um, I've mm. always been a big believer. It's not what happens in life. It's how you deal with it. Mm. Um, and so I've formed the Beacon Fight for Life, which is a suicide prevention mental health foundation and um, – yeah, just basically trying to give back to the community where people are going through tough times. Um, we've been blessed to have um, about 15 different celebrities and stuff come on board, um, different reality TV shows and a bunch of world champs. Um, Daniel Dawson, Lucas Brown, uh, people like that come on board. And I guess if the, the overall big picture is, you know, people of stature or people who have been through tough times and might be depression or whatnot, but people who have achieved world titles and um, I think if they can speak up about their trials and tribulations, it might give other people a bit of a voice that are finding it hard to express their demons or stuff that's, yeah, well, that's holding them that, back. Honestly, that's why I spoke to the boys. That's why I had you here today. This is different to what we usually do, but I think this deserves a voice. This needs a voice. This people need to, yeah, to see sometimes what's on the other end. I mean, we all think everything's beautiful once the police are involved and, they go and do their job, but um, yeah, of course they've got a, a job to do. But they've also got a uh, a job to, to care for the person that that, that is uh, that, that owns this property. That's worked all their, their life. I mean, I'm sure that if you know if it was anybody else, um, yeah, like I said to me, it's, it's just really yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. Cause not not because you're my mate, because if this was anybody else, I'd still want to stand up and try to to make a case and hopefully um. We'll get back on the current affair because I know they're going to come and talk to us and we'll, we'll, we'll keep this fight going for you, mate. Yeah, look. It's I just really such an incredible it. story. Um, yeah. It could be a Hollywood movie. It's, yeah, it could be a movie. You know, my mate yeah. old John Jarrett, will get him here next week yeah. and never talk to him. Yeah, we had a bit of a chat the other day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look, it's it's definitely a, a, a crazy story um, but uh, hopefully it has a good outcome. Yeah, if it is to be a movie, how do you want that movie to end? What do you want to happen in the next six or 12 months? I don't think I'll be keen on playing a role in it. <laughs> um, oh, look, it's... Sure, getting a check, getting compensated, getting something back that he deserves. Not that... Yeah. Not something... That, that's his. Yeah. It's, it's his. He worked for it. He, listen, we worked every day of his life to to achieve and to, to own something. It's his. It was taken... It was stolen off him. Mm. Have you ever received yeah. an apology from the police? 
Not at all. I, I had a meeting. No, I haven't had one cent compensation. I haven't had one phone call from, this is what really riles me, not one phone call from any government department saying, how can we help with this? How can we push this forward? I had a meeting with Michelle Roberts, the Minister of Police, in an open forum that um, a friend of mine organised, a movie producer, and we he knows her, and we, we ended up going to this open forum and had a discussion. I stood up at the end of it and I shared, and the public was in outrage about it. This is wrong, it needs to be sorted, blah, blah, blah. And she apologised. She said, look, um, and she seems like a, a woman with a lot of integrity. That's That was my first viewpoint on her. Um, and with a bit of luck, she she steps up and um, someone needs to step up from the Australian government and and just do what's right. Sometimes in life, it's it's easy to I think you should be doing what's right, not what's easy. Um, but on their side of things, it's just a matter of just doing this what's is, right. This is in black and white. This is yeah. your owed. This is, it was your property. They ruined it. Um, yeah, of course, they had a job doing. They've done their job and successfully. They yep. put somebody away for a crime. Yeah. But now, just compensate you for what was yours. Give, give you back what you had. Yeah. Easy, simple. Well, um, you know, I don't really want to say much more, but, um, you know, yeah. Well, hey, that what happened to my son. I'd, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be more than fighting. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tragic story. Do you feel that you've been tarnished as a person, at, like being attached to this gruesome crime and, and all of that? Do you think there are people who still go, oh, maybe he had something to do with it, he must have – he must have been involved. Do you think Especially if he's had no conversation around? and stuff. Yeah, that's why they won't pay. Yeah, is there any of that around, do you think? Look, uh, I think um, it definitely doesn't help on going on first dates. <laughs> <laughs> you know. One hell of a nice date. <laughs> 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 I, would, I wouldn't mention it if I yeah. <laughs> I don't. But they jump on Google, yeah, I Google swear to God. Yeah, right. <laughs> it happened you've got to, to change them or someone else, don't you? It happened a month ago, I swear to God. <laughs> she, she goes, look, I just wanted to uh, have a conversation with you about this. Yeah. I Googled you. I said, how'd you Google me? You didn't know my last name, you know, yeah. after a first first date. And and then she's like, oh, it's Troy, actor, Perth, and boom, it come up. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, I just wanted to explore this. My family's starting to stress. And I was like, oh, God. So but, yeah, to answer that. Troy yeah. Stevenson. <laughs> Troy <laughs> Stevenson. It's a different name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. I think with um, the film film acting and all that sort of stuff, I, I don't think it's a good thing, you know. No. Because um, as actors, you're your own brand and if you're marketing a, a BMW or, or a it brand. Detracts from, yeah. yeah, it does. It detracts from, from that. So uh, it definitely hasn't done me any favours and that was a big reason why I didn't want to go to the media and everything in, originally when everyone was yeah. hounding me for stories. But you've been left without a yeah. choice. I've been pushed listen. into a corner. We've had you for, for one reason, so ho- hopefully we can, we can, again, whoever's listening out there and if anybody wants to help this guy, he certainly needs help. And will um, go on a date with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> organise that as well. <laughs> but could be a new show. Yeah, let's, just, let's just hope something happens from here today. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck, Troy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, really appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe, Standing 8, YouTube, Apple Podcasts and